Hello and welcome to Great Ridge Station. I'm your host, Sam Helgerson, and I'm pretty much a fixture around these parts. Thanks for stopping in on your way through. Season 4, Episode 3. Ugh, sometimes there are values conflicts and no easy way to resolve them. As you know, because you've read all the show notes, one of my goals was to have every episode of Great Ridge Station be able to stand on its own merits. I also made a commitment to keep each episode to an easy-to-swallow, bite-sized module. Well, I found that I'm doing more multi-part series than I expected. There are some topics, okay, there are a lot of topics, that simply can't be processed into a single 15-minute chunk. So, Sam, why don't you turn them into long, single-topic episodes? Well, you see, my commitments are in conflict with one another. I'm holding the line on how long these can be, roughly 12 to 15 minutes. That means that you have to listen to me a little while each week rather than a single, long, lengthy diatribe. That's a short lead-up to this. Here begins another series, this one on the challenge of growth. Growth is not easy, you know, but we like to think it is. We think that we're going to get to a certain point and realize, hey, finally, I'm a finished product. Unfortunately, no, that's not how it works. Now, I realize I'm not the be-all and end-all, but I think there are things worth noting about growing and about maturing well. You are so lucky. I'm going to share what I know. See, there's a lot of pressure in our culture against maturity, against responsibility. T-shirts and bumper stickers with phrases like, I can't adult today, or I have to get older, but there's no need to grow up. Well, those things are all around us. Well, here's the bad news. If you're hearing this, you're already on a path that you cannot escape. Time will pass. This is not something that our culture likes to think about, but time, and eventually our own mortality, will catch up with each one of us. The question is, how are you going to respond to that reality? As I see it, there are two options. Some people mature, and some people just get old. Now, I'm here to argue for maturity, but you probably already guessed that. We'll talk more about this in a few minutes, but I want to start with this. Some things need to be taken seriously. See, that's a key aspect of what sets apart a mature person from an immature person. We've all known both sorts. We've known the mature, responsible person, the person that we can trust, the person with a high level of consistency. But we've also known the immature person. You know the ones. They manage to get well into adulthood while holding on to their childishness. They're untrustworthy, they're unreliable, and they're predictably unpredictable. Now, I'll take on some additional material about maturity in part two of this series, but let's not forget our focus here is on growth. For now, I want to give you three strategies to help foster your own personal growth. First off, take on a growth mindset. And you're probably thinking, hey, Sam, I want something practical, something I can use. Well, this is practical. Change your perspective on the things that are going on around you. Maybe you've never heard of Walt Kelly, but I've become more and more impressed with him over the years. His insights have actually had a profound impact on how we think about things. Don't believe me? Just track down some of his quotes. Well, Walt Kelly is responsible for the cartoon strip Pogo. Some of you just had, oh yeah, 
an aha moment. Well, one of the great memorable lines from Pogo is the observation that we are confronted with insurmountable opportunities. The idea that insurmountable problems are, in fact, best seen as opportunities is something that can shape our perspective on things. I'm not suggesting optimism here. A while back, I did an entire episode on our tendency towards stupid optimism. What I am suggesting, though, is that we look for opportunities in the inflection points of life. When I think back on the biggest setbacks in my life, those were actually the things that propelled me forward, often in new, unanticipated ways. Now, a few times... I've, well, several times, I've found myself in a what-now situation. One of them was an unexpected job change. I worked for a large firm, and I was part of a department of about 43 people. And within a month after I started with the company, they announced plans for reorganization. My colleagues and I discussed the situation, and we were convinced that we would be fine, that we were a money-making part of the organization. Well, that was true for a while. And then I watched as our 43-member team started to shrink. Job cuts, layoffs, retroactive hiring freeze. In a relatively short period of time, we went from 43 down to 3. And no, I was not one of the three left standing. I had uh, I'd just lasted a few months in that job, and the way it all wrapped up filled me with a whole lot of bitterness and some self-doubt. It was awful. Now, at the time, we had a lot of hopes and ideas wrapped up in the possibilities. It was a larger firm, and I unwisely made the assumption that its largeness would make it more stable. That was not the case. The uncertainty and underemployment that followed led me directly to some new opportunities. It was during that recovery time that I figured out that I was a leader. Uh, That was not about optimism, by the way, and I'm not telling you that things will get better. What I am telling you is that I learned from that bad situation, and I looked for a different set of opportunities. What I witnessed was a collapse of an established industry, and because of that, I learned to seek opportunities in new emerging areas. Grab opportunities to draw success out of failure. You know, those who know me well know that I'm not a huge John Maxwell fan. Now, as always, please don't tell him. He'll be crushed. But in my not-so-humble opinion, his best work is a book called Failing Forward. In it, he chronicles how to use your setbacks, failures, and, well, faceplant moments as opportunities for growth and as stepping stones to success. Hey, if you have not had a career meltdown or setback, well, it's coming. Hold on to a growth mindset and figure out how to recover, how to rebuild, how to do more than what you've ever done before. Now, we'll talk about that in some upcoming episodes. That may require a bit of work on your part. But for now, we can move on to the how do you get there. That's point two. Remember that most of life is not a zero-sum game. See, a zero-sum game is pretty easy to explain because we live with them all the time. One of my Twitter comrades posted this, and I quote, A pizza is a real-time pie chart showing how much pizza is left. That pretty much defines a zero-sum game. There's a limited amount of pizza. The more you eat, the less there is, well, for me. You're kind of like that, you know. 
So a lot of people look at life that same way. Your success takes away from me. If I succeed, you cannot. If you succeed, I cannot. People who think in terms of a zero-sum game think that they have to claw their way to the top. Only one person can be the king of the hill or queen of the hill, and they're constantly at risk of being toppled by someone else. So let's go back to our pizza illustration. Yes, there is a limited quantity to any given pizza, but there's more than one pizza in life. You can order more, you can make more. If you're really enterprising, you can build supply lines and open a pizzeria. Or you can develop a taste for Kung Pao chicken extra spicy. Zero-sum games are for people who cannot think beyond the immediate resourcing issues. Some people hear this and they immediately jump to the wrong conclusion. The people who talk this way are opposed to competition. No, 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 no. Competition can be a very good thing. But your success does not have to diminish someone else. Thinking beyond the pizza box, developing new markets, new products, new opportunities... See, my wife is a marvel at this. She competes with herself and others all the time. She's always trying to beat her personal best performance. Now, we love bicycling, and she consistently tries to beat her previous year mileage with each new season. She consistently tries to do just a couple more miles. As you can imagine, she pushes me. She tries to do things better, more effectively, and to win in whatever circumstance she finds herself. The remarkable thing is that she fosters relationships around her. She works hard to succeed, but she works equally hard to help others succeed. She's an excellent example uh, in life and in work of moving beyond the zero-sum game. She's brilliant, successful, compassionate, and you know there's not a trail of bodies or a wake of destruction behind her. See, for most of us, the trick to getting ourselves out of the zero-sum mindset is wrapped up in our next point. Take on new learning projects. See, there's been a lot of study on how much it takes to learn a new skill, and the general consensus is it takes about 10,000 hours to achieve mastery in any area. Now, when you hear that number, you may think, oh, that's a lot of time. It is. It's like full-time work over the course of four and a half years. But that's mastery. That means making yourself into an expert. Now, I don't know about you, but there are a lot of things that I like to do. But there are a lot of things that I will also never be an expert at. So what would happen if you put 2,000 hours into a learning project? Still a fair amount of time, but way more doable. And the 2,000 hours will put you firmly in the intermediate skill level. That's an investment that most people are at least willing to consider. But there's more good news. Josh Kaufman suggests that it takes only 20 hours of work to understand a skill well enough to form a usable baseline for using that skill. So let me give you a for instance. If you put 20 hours into a few new skills like welding, sewing, woodworking, small engine repair, electrical engineering, gardening, clock repair, whatever... That's something that you can take with you for a long time. And chances are that one of those things will be worth the 2,000-hour investment to get to the intermediate level. And you just might discover an area where you want to put in the 10,000 hours necessary to achieve mastery. 
You see, the only raw material for generating mastery and excellence is, well, the newbie. As they say, you gotta start somewhere. See, the bad news is that if you aren't involved in learning new things, you're going to find yourself obsolete. Yes, there are exceptions to that rule, but even in very stable fields, new technologies and best practices can overwhelm an otherwise successful career. And when things get tough and you find yourself in the midst of some job uncertainty, you need to be able to move on. The easiest way to do that is to keep your skills sharp and keep yourself marketable. You know, it's your job to keep yourself employable. So why does this matter? Well, you'll never see new possibilities unless you learn new things. Well, that pretty much sums things up for this week. If you want to grow as a person and as a professional, here are your three starting points. Develop a growth mindset. Remember that life is not a zero-sum game. And take on a new learning project. As always... Thanks for hanging out here at Great Ridge Station. Invite your friends to subscribe, and together let's build a community committed to learning, growing, and making the world a better place. Tweet me on Twitter at LJ Helgerson. You can also ask me anything or suggest ideas for future episodes. Just use the Twitter hashtag GRSQuestions. Thanks much. Thanks for joining us at Great Ridge Station. All content is developed by Dr. Sam Helgerson with appropriate citations of outside sources. Our sound engineer is Brick Martin. All background and bumper media is in the public domain and retrieved from archive.org. The opening music is from Guy Lombardo, Down by the River. The closing music is from Annunzio Montavani, Skyscraper Fantasy. I'm already looking forward to your next visit to Great Ridge Station.